Life is so mundane. What's the point? It's just the nine to five. We do it again and again. You know, I I really think I need to change my station in life. I'm sick of being this nobody. And I think I got to change things because I have to be somebody. I've got to be somebody else. Something's got to break me out of the sameness. Good morning and welcome to God's Resistance. Well, good to have you here this morning. Welcome to God's Resistance, where we resist sin, self, the devil, and the world. And we are here on Christmas morning, and we are going to be looking at a specific section of Scripture that is probably familiar to most. But I started off in the beginning by saying, life is so mundane. What's the point? I need to change my station in life. I need to be somebody. You know, the sameness of everyday life can sometimes make us feel like that, that we need a change. Um, I mean, quite frankly, sometimes I feel like that. But, you know, there's something in this account of the shepherds in Luke chapter 2, and we're going to be reading through verses 8 and 20, that help us to see a little bit of a different picture. So let's read there. It says, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child, And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. So here we start with shepherds abiding in the fields. Shepherds were kind of the offscoring of society. It was a real common sort of a job, wasn't anything spectacular. In fact, it was kind of a job that was disdained by people. It would be much akin to the job of a janitor or a garbage man. They're the kind of jobs that are necessary, but they have the least wow factor in them. I've often thought you wouldn't want to go back to your high school reunion and people say, hey, I haven't seen you in 10, 20, 30 years. What, What do you do? And you tell them, I am a janitor, or I'm a garbage man, or I'm a gas station attendant. That would be one of those things where you would almost feel embarrassed, so you might never even go to your high school reunion. Now, I'm not saying that you should feel embarrassed like that, dear listener, if you are a janitor, if you're a garbage man, if you're a gas station attendant. But oftentimes, we look at something like that, and we're like, yeah, it's a job that needs to be done, but it doesn't have the wow factor, right? That was kind of what shepherds were like in their time. It was a necessary thing. Uh, to have shepherds to take care of sheep and take care of cattle and such, but it was just it was not a not a real glorious job. They were kind of the dirty people of society. They were the loners. They had to stay out on the hillsides and take care of sheep and all that kind of a thing. I remember telling people uh, that I worked at a gas station, 
and um and and I had done that for probably about two years. And people, you know, they didn't look at that like, wow, what an achievement. It was kind of just like, okay, you worked at a gas station. Let's talk about something else. And so maybe you kind of can relate to these shepherds. Maybe you work in, in a job that doesn't have that kind of a wow factor. You know, these shepherds, they were the kind of people that they just did their job day after day. You know, they had to, they got to, they got to make a living somehow says that they were abiding. So this wasn't just some kind of transient thing. This is what they did. They lived out there on their job. There's many people of you listening right now that almost live at your job. And it may not be the most glorious thing, but you live there because you have to, right? You got to make a living. And, you know, they were staying in those fields, living at their job. They were constantly there and they were consistently there. They were abiding in their fields, they were at their job daily, but then they also had to do the overnight shift. They were there to protect their flock from wolves and certain things like that. So they were at their job day and night. And by night, when they were on their overnight shift, some of these things happen. But sometimes that daily repetitive grind can feel so dull to us. You know, we're just tired of it. We want to break out of it. But I just want to let you know, breaking out of that is a myth. We all have to work. We all have a routine. We have to do things that are the same, that don't have the wow factor in them every single day. That's what makes up about 80 to 90% of our lives is the things that we must do because it's right and because it's our duty and because we need to pay our bills, all that kind of stuff. But you know, right in the middle of that, there was a supernatural revelation opened up to them at their work. <clears throat> and we read that in verses 10 uh, excuse me, the end of nine. And then it says, lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid. And that, and the angel says, fear not, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. And they tell them this savior is born in, this, in the city of David in Bethlehem. His name is Christ the Lord. And this is gonna be a sign to you. There's a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. The babe is lying in manger. And when that happened, then a multitude of angels broke out in song in the sky, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. So the sky broke open with a heavenly declaration. The presence of God and heavenly beings were right there in the midst of commonplace job. To the shepherds, mind you, out of all classes of people, God could have appeared to so many different other ones, but he appeared to the shepherd, the offscoring of society, the job with the least wow factor. There, God showed up. Jesus used commonplace parables to teach deep spiritual truths. He used parables about farming, the sower of the field and the harvest. He used parables about fishermen, the gospel net. He used uh, homely illustrations about uh, parent and child relationships, the, giving the bread um, in, or giving a stone instead of bread to your child or the prodigal son. He talked about baking the leaven inside of the dough. He talked about lost coins, you know, people who are poverty stricken. He used very commonplace truths to speak the most sublime truths in a way that people could understand it. Jesus was interested in the low people of society and helping them to understand the deep spiritual truths because it appears to be the people that were in the higher classes of society, they were kind of the ones that missed it. They didn't, they didn't understand right at first or they disdained Jesus because he even didn't have the wow factor. It says in Isaiah that there was no former comeliness that we should desire him. He wasn't a real handsome man. There was nothing striking about him, but he was the son of God. He was the Messiah. You know, it's the same thing when we look at uh, earlier in Luke chapter one, we read verses five through 
11, where Zacharias is, it says that he was uh, of the course of Abia and he and his wife are the daughters of Aaron. His wife was Elizabeth. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, it was his lot to burn incense at that time. So there's Zacharias, John the Baptist's father, doing his priestly duty when it was his time to do it. And there an angel appears to him and gives him a heavenly vision that his son is going to be John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus Christ. So there, Zacharias is just normally doing his job and God shows up. Then we look at the fishermen. In Matthew 4, 18 through 22, Jesus walks by the Sea of Galilee. He sees two brothers, Simon, uh, called Peter and Andrew, his brother. They're fishing. They're casting their net into the sea. He says to them, follow me. I want to make you fishers of men. And they straightway, they leave their nets. They follow him. And they go from there and they go to some other people, James, and uh, uh, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother. And those two are in a ship with their father, Zebedee, mending their nets, you know, repairing them. And then the same thing happens. Jesus speaks to them right there while they're fishing. God shows up. Then tending sheep, we find David. He's, he's blissfully just tending his sheep, doing his job. And then right there, God uh, has, sends Samuel to get him and he anoints him king for a special job. And, and he had musings with God, meditations with God, right out there while he's tending sheep. Amos, the prophet, uh, he says, I was no prophet, neither was I a prophet's son, but I was a herdman and a gatherer of sycamore fruit. And the Lord took me as I followed the flock. And the Lord said to me, go prophesy or preach unto my people Israel. There's Amos minding his own business, tending sheep, doing his job. And God shows up. The tax collector, Matthew, as Jesus passed from thence, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom. And he saith unto him, follow me. And he arose and followed him. So there's Matthew, the most despised class of society, the tax collector, the imposter, the traitor to the Jews working for the Romans. And there Jesus shows up. God shows up at his job, a supernatural encounter. Same with Gideon. He's threshing out wheat in, a, in an oppressive situation. God shows up. When we think about Lydia who died clothes for a, a living. She sold, uh, she dyed clothes purple and she would sell those purple clothing. God shows up. Paul shows up into her life. The, the shepherds, while doing what they always had done, that's where they get such heavenly revelation and divine glory. God could have chosen any other class of society, but he didn't. He chose the shepherds. So God then transforms everyday life if we let him. We're told in the scriptures that not many, uh, you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and base things of the world. And things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. So there it came to pass that the angels uh, gone from the, the shepherds in heaven, and then the shepherds go to Bethlehem where the angels talked about it. They went with haste and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby in the manger, just like the angels said. And when they saw that, then they went abroad telling everybody what they saw. They were walking in their new light. They found that the very God of all existence was in human form in a dirty stable, lying in a hay trough. The inaccessible God now before human view displayed and now accessible to the lowest of those in society. Mary and Joseph were of a very poor class. They're the ones that are mother and father to Jesus Christ, this miraculous child of a virgin birth. And also the shepherds were some of the first to go and see them right after Jesus was born, the Messiah, God in the flesh. God revealed it to these ones and the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. 
So they returned. They went back to the same old job, doing the same old work with the same repetition, but they went there with a whole new vibrancy and a whole new hope. That is where God is going to show up oftentimes. Is not We're not always going to get the big flashbang boom, but God's going to show up when we least expect it. Life is so mundane, I said in the beginning. Life is made up of the repetitive and the routine. Once we realize that this is normal in God's sight, we can cast off the mold and pressure of the world around us telling us that, you know, everything's got to be exciting all the time. What's the point then? Well, Ecclesiastes 12, 13, we read, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. When God in the flesh showed up to those shepherds, they rejoiced and yet they still did their job. I need to change my station in life. Who says? 1 Corinthians 7, 20 and 21, it says, let every man abide in the same calling wherein he was called. So when you get saved, stay in your job. You're there. Are you called being a servant? Don't care for it. But if you could be made free, then go ahead and do that too. But we don't just disrupt everything. God shows up in the commonplace of our lives. And you may think I need to be somebody, but look at those that God cares for. Psalm 138, six through eight. Though the Lord be high, yet hath he respect unto the lowly, but the proud he knoweth afar off. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the work of thy own hands. He has respect to the lowly. Instead of the feverish desire to be important, dear listener, just listen to God. Jeremiah said that before I, God said, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. That's what God said to Jeremiah. I knew thee before all this, Jeremiah. I had a call for you special place in my kingdom. Ephesians 2.10, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Jeremiah 29.11, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Now, originally these words were towards the Jews in their captivity because of their rebellion, but God does have an expected end for us that his love was moved towards these shepherds was evident, that he would perform his good word and his promises that are often repeated there to those that were in captivity, that for the fulfillment of these, they must pray and seek and search, that he would hearken, that he would listen and they should find him, provided that they sought him with their whole heart. This is where God shows up in the commonplace. So dear listener, this Christmas season, instead of just thinking to yourself, well, hey, uh, this is just that kind of sameness. And uh, I, I want to, you know, break out of this mold. Well, don't think that, dear listener. Think that this is the very place God's going to show up. In the commonplace, expect God to break in and transform your everyday life into expectations of the work of God in your life. Your next step is to call 570-362-7782. I'd love to get together with you, have a coffee, talk about the things of God. We have been meeting outside, but we're going to take a break from that throughout the winter because of the cold. But stay tuned because we are going to have a meeting place in downtown Wilkesbury, and we will let you know soon. 